Welcome to Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School Lesson for Sunday, September 24th, 2023. I am Reverend Mary Tillman, an Associate Minister at Pleasant Green, and I will be the presenter of today's lesson. The fall quarter theme is God's law is love. We're in Unit 1, Love Completes, Law Falls Short. This is Lesson Number 4 in Unit 1. The lesson title in the Townsend Press Sunday School Commentary is Jesus Extends Forgiveness. And in the Faith Pathway Bible Study for Adults, the lesson title is Judge Not. Our devotional reading, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. The background scripture, John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, and verses 39 through 59. And our print passage, John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, and verses 56 through 59. The key verse of today's lesson is John chapter 8, verse 11b. From the NIV Bible, it reads, Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. The unifying lesson principle, others may be quick to judge someone who breaks the law, whether it is a moral, ethical, or civil law. Who has authority to enact judgment on another person's wrongdoing? Jesus forgives the woman caught in adultery after confronting her accusers with their own sinfulness, saying, go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. Let us pray. Father God, we come today thanking you for another opportunity to study your word, to learn how we can be better at carrying out the love that you demonstrate to all of us. We appreciate the opportunity to delve into this lesson to better understand how to be better children for you. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Looking at our lesson introduction, the Bible set a standard for marriage with Adam and Eve from the onset. We are introduced to one man and one woman joined in holy matrimony by God. And we find this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. And in the New Testament, Mark chapter 10, verses 7 through 9. The seventh commandment banned adultery. It was forbidden in the Holiness Code of Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. The covenant people of Israel saw adultery as a stain on their identity. In the Old Testament, adultery was a capital crime not just for females, but for males as well. The act, which was punishable by death, is debated among scholars. The account of Jesus and the woman caught in adultery has, at its core, a redemptive purpose that was served as a teaching and preaching point over the centuries. We have all, at some point in time, gone contrary to the will of God. We sin daily either by omission or commission. Sin is the gateway to death. See Romans chapter 6, verse 23a. We're fortunate to have Jesus as our advocate. Jesus has been positioned as judge and jury 
but his mission of bringing us to repentance and the right relationship with God is paramount. Rather than standing in judgment, love forever prompts his ruling. Even in our sinful state, we are loved and forgiven. Jesus was sent not to condemn, but to save. And we find that in John chapter 3, verse 17. As children of God, we should emulate God's model of forgiveness in our daily lives. So brothers and sisters, get your Sunday school book, your Bible, pen, and notepad, and follow along as we go forward with this wonderful lesson. Let's get started. Again, the title of our lesson is Judge Not. There are three questions to consider. Question number one, why did the scribes and Pharisees bring the woman caught in adultery to Jesus? Question number two, what spiritual principles to Jesus's actions reveal about his attitude towards sinners? And question number three for your consideration today, what does this lesson teach us about God's love and God's grace? Looking at the biblical context, this week's lesson continues in the book of John, one of the four Gospels. John was with Jesus on his first tour in Galilee. Jesus called John and his brother James the sons of thunder. John became an apostle of love and was the only apostle who was not martyred and is also the author of the book of Revelation. In this week's passage, John dwells on the disputes between Jesus and the Jews far more than any other writer. The scene is in the temple area following the Feast of the Tabernacles. In last week's lesson, the Jewish leaders challenged Jesus' teaching authority. They attacked the credentials of Jesus and wanted to brand him as a false prophet. The religious leaders were hostile against Jesus and wanted to kill him. The Pharisees wanted to trap Jesus and wanted to find something to bring charges against him. Today's lesson is John's account of the story of the woman caught in adultery, Jesus' response to the Pharisees and his response to the woman. This incident involving an unnamed woman caught in adultery illustrates the religious leaders' continuous attempts to discredit Jesus' character, discredit his message, and his ministry. The passage reveals the hypocrisy of the religious leaders and their cynical disparity or plot to use the adulterous situation to attack and accuse Jesus of breaking the law. The story in this week's lesson showcases our Savior's humility, wisdom, and forgiveness to forgive and to redeem. The aims for this week's lesson are identify yourself in the story first as accused and then as the accuser. Second, to feel the joy of accepting Jesus' forgiveness as it erases the shame of feeling judged. And three, extend the forgiveness of Christ to someone. There are three lesson outlines in the Adult Pathway Sunday School book. I will share two key points from each of these outlines and expound some on each of them. The first outline is a judgmental conspiracy, and we'll find that in John chapter 8, verses 1 through 6a. 
The second outline is judgment on the judges. And we'll find that in John 8, starting at verse 6b through 11. And the third outline is authority to judge, John chapter 8, verses 56 through 59. Let's begin our analysis of the biblical text with the first lesson outline. Outline number one. In last week's lesson, Jesus was in Jerusalem for the celebration of the Feast of the Tabernacles, and this was a feast of remembrance, remembering how God was a provider and a protector during their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Everyone went home after the feast, but Jesus remained in Jerusalem. Verse 1 reads, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Verse 2, At dawn he appeared in the temple court where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives the following day. He went to the temple and sat down in the temple complex and began teaching the crowds that gathered around him. Key point number one, Jesus' teaching in the temple is interrupted by the scribes and Pharisees in another attempt to trap him. As the Lord sat down, as was customary to teach in the temple, the scribes and Pharisees came to him and rudely interrupted his teaching. Verse 3, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group. And verse 4 reads, and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. As a group of scribes and Pharisees, they barged into a crowd of listeners. They made a woman who had been caught in adultery stand in the center of the court. This was a humiliating situation for this woman, but they didn't care about her as they dragged her through the crowd. They had failed to have Jesus arrested the day before, so today they tried a new scheme. They wanted to see how Jesus would handle the situation. The prescribed punishment for adultery was death by stoning. The Jewish leaders disregarded the law by bringing the woman without the man. The law required that both parties be stoned, as noted in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. It reads, If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. As the woman was caught in the very act, both parties should have been apprehended, but only the woman was brought before Jesus. Where was the guilty man to be stoned? Is it possible that the man was one of them and they simply used the woman as a weapon or a pawn in their conflict against Jesus? They had truly not followed the entire law. The leaders were using the woman as a trap so they could trick Jesus. If Jesus said the woman should not be stoned, they would accuse him of violating Moses' law. If he urged them to execute her, they would report him to the Romans who did not permit the Jews to carry out their own executions. Verse 5 reads, In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? 
They thought they had trapped him. Verse 6a says, they were using this question, now what do you say, as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. These experts in the law and Pharisees were out to force Jesus into doing or saying something they could use to discredit and eventually destroy him. So they thought. Key point number two. The insensitive and hypocritical actions of this group demonstrates behaviors that we must avoid. They wanted to make this as public as possible to embarrass both the woman and Jesus. We must never use our authority or position to criticize, censor, and condemn others, but to show sympathy and compassion that is designed in a way to reclaim and restore saved and unsaved sinners. Outline number two. Judgment on the Judges. Verse 6b reads, But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Instead of making an immediate verbal response, Jesus stoops down. Then he wrote on the ground with his finger. What was written is not recorded in the Bible. However, whatever he wrote convicted them. Jesus knew their sins. Jesus stooping down is a low posture identifying with the humiliation of the woman. Jesus did what he could to identify with, care for, and identify with this woman. Key point number one, God shows love and grace to the sinner. He does it by first identifying with the sinner and their low condition, just like he did to the woman caught in the act of adultery. Verse number seven, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Jesus agreed with them that she should be stoned as Moses' law prescribed, but only by those who were without sin themselves. The law specified that eyewitnesses to a capital offense were the first to throw stones when the accused was condemned to death. Jesus was saying only a sinless person could throw the first stone. Verse number 8 says, Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. It is not what he wrote, but what he said, which was, and I quote, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her, End quote. Verse 9. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until Jesus was the only one left with the woman still standing there. When Jesus said that only someone who had not sinned should throw the first stone, the leaders slipped away quietly. The scripture says, from the oldest to the youngest, the Pharisees and lawyers could not condemn the adulterous woman because they also were guilty of sin. It was what Jesus said that convicted their consciousness. They were now more aware of their own sin than the sin of the woman. Key point number two, Jesus forgives an adulterous woman. Verse 10 and 11 read, 
Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. No one was left but Jesus and the woman. Jesus was the only one without sin, but he did not condemn her. Jesus could have condemned her, but he took a different approach. Instead of passing a sentence upon the woman, Jesus passed a sentence on the accusers. Jesus didn't condemn the woman accused of adultery, but neither did he ignore or condone her sin. Jesus never said the woman was innocent of her sin. He didn't condemn her. He said, go and sin no more. He told her to leave her life of sin. In this lesson, Jesus highlights the importance of compassion and forgiveness. The Pharisees delighted in condemning and exposing sin. Jesus delighted in covering and forgiving sin. We see the meekness, gentleness, and love of Christ on display here. Jesus is merciful. He is compassionate. He was giving her another chance. God is a God of another chance and another chance and another chance. Just think about how many chances he's given us. He showed her grace and forgave her, but he didn't want her to repeat the sin. Jesus told her to go about her life and not to sin. Jesus challenged her lifestyle and he challenged her to live differently. The woman came on the scene in darkness, surrounded by hate, but she left the scene a forgiven woman. Jesus stands ready to forgive any sin in our lives, but a confession and repentance means a change of heart and change of lifestyle. We should follow his example of showing love, compassion, and forgiveness toward others without subjectively judging them. Two applicable spiritual principles emerge from this incident in judging others. First, all believers must acknowledge that all have sinned and are therefore unworthy to judge and condemn others critically. Second, believers are responsible for upholding God's standards regarding sin, but must do so with compassion fueled by the desire to reconcile and to restore. Outline number three, authority to judge. The tone of the rest of this chapter, John 8, verses 12 through 59, continues to be confrontational as Jesus taught in the temple areas. Key point number one, Jesus strongly denounced the Jews for their hypocrisy and opposition to his ministry. They were misrepresenting him as a Samaritan and being demon-possessed, identifying them as children of the devil. Their misguided opinions and misunderstanding of his words were brought to closure when Jesus contrasted their response toward him with the revered patriarch of Abraham's anticipation. Verse 56 reads, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. When Jesus began speaking of Abraham and mentioned that no one had 
to live under the condemnation of the law, Jesus also told them that Abraham rejoiced to see his day. Verse 57 reads, You're not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? The Pharisees questioned how Jesus could have seen Abraham or how Abraham could have seen Jesus' day when they noted Jesus was not yet 50 years old. God told Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, that through him all nations would be blessed. Jesus, a descendant of Abraham, blessed all people through his death, burial, resurrection, and the offer of salvation. Verse 58 says, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus uttered a powerful statement when he uttered, He existed before Abraham was born. You remember John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Key point number two. Jesus proclaims his divinity. Jesus was the appointed Messiah long before Abraham. Not only did Jesus say he existed before Abraham, but he also applied God's holy name to himself. The thought of Jesus claiming to be a part of the Godhead infuriated them. The Jewish leaders tried to stone Jesus for blasphemy because he claimed equality with God. Because they didn't believe him, they charged him with blasphemy. They were ready to stone him for claiming to be God. And verse 59 reads, At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself slipping away from the temple grounds. Understanding that he claimed equality with God, they picked up stones to kill him for blasphemy. When the Pharisees tried to stone Jesus, the scripture says he slipped away from them because the time had not come for him to complete his mission. Jesus miraculously escaped and left the temple. In summary, The Pharisees and lawyers could not condemn the adulterers because they were also guilty of sin. Jesus Christ is the only one with the right to judge another's wrongdoing. We have all at some point in time gone contrary to God's will. Romans 3 and 23 reads, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our great God grants us what we need not what we deserve. Our God is gracious. It is a gift we cannot earn. It's called favor. Favor is what Jesus extended to the woman in today's lesson. I have a saying that says favor is not fair, but it certainly feels good when it falls on me. The Lord is generous with grace and mercy as he forgives and restores. The cross brought into reality Jesus' ultimate act of forgiveness. Our closing thought and question, we should emulate God's model of forgiveness in our daily lives. And the question, when others are caught in sin, are you quick to pass judgment? Hmm. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for this lesson on forgiveness and compassion and mercy. Help us to be ready to understand and realize that it is because of your grace and mercy that we are not consumed with our daily activities. We repent for being guilty of sinning ourselves. 
Give us a heart of love, a heart of understanding, and a spirit of forgiveness is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.